Sheila Zielinski Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, Sheila Zielinski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show for this Monday, October 3rd, 2016 edition. Today, I'm going to do a teaching called Something I Believe is Really Going to Bless You. I'm entitling it The Greater One in You. So let's jump into it. God sent his Holy Spirit, the greater one, to live within you. He's accessible to you as what kind of names? As comforter, helper, guide, teacher, and much more. We find something very interesting in Mark eleven twenty two. Let's look at that. It's a scripture that we miss a lot, I think, because we really don't connect with this. Listen to what it says in Mark eleven twenty two, and Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. Have faith. All humans have natural faith. To operate in the kingdom of God, you need the faith that God gives. And Romans twelve three tells us that everyone is in the family of God is given a measure of faith. You have to feed and exercise your faith so it will become strong. So what you say is the evidence of what you believe. Speak your belief in God's word to problems and expect change. There is power in what we say. I believe there's even something more powerful when we speak things out loud. I believe that's what has the power. The spoken word has power. God spoke things into existence. Speak your belief in God's word to problems and expect change. Now, if you go just a couple more verses over there in Mark 11, it says this. There's something important here in this, and I want you to catch this. And when ye stand praying, forgive if ye have aught against any that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. That's a really important scripture there. Unforgiveness brings darkness into your life. Unforgiveness and bitterness actually go hand in hand. So when you hold on to unforgiveness, it leads to bitterness, and it really does affect your relationship with God in a major way. We can't really follow peace and holiness as a life practice. We can't when we're harboring unforgiveness. And sometimes we don't even think that we are harboring unforgiveness. Who do you need to forgive today? If you fail to forgive, bitterness is going to disconnect you from having a clear view of the Lord. In a sense, it will cut you off from God. So not only does it impact your relationship with God, but it directly affects your relationship with yourself. That's when a person starts becoming self-critical, self-condemned, rejected, and bitter. 
And here's the other piece. Did you know that Satan gains legal right through your unforgiveness? And that can torment you in a lot of ways. So I just want to encourage people to make a list of the people that you need to forgive and anyone you need to ask forgiveness from, both living and deceased, and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal someone to you, anyone that you are resentful towards, even maybe unconsciously. You may not even realize that you're carrying around unforgiveness, but make sure that you include God on that list, because guess what? Almost everyone without exception has blamed God for something. So make sure that you include God when you make that list of people you need to forgive. And you know what? Add yourself, because I'll tell you, all of us need to forgive ourselves. And that is really, really important. That's part of what it says there in Mark eleven twenty five: forgive so that your faith has no hindrances. That's one thing that can hinder and suppress you. But the other thing that can hinder and suppress you is deception. Deception that comes in through, well, what do we see today? There's a huge antichrist spirit that is wrapping itself around every single thing. So you as a Christian need to be very discerning. What do we read about that antichrist spirit? Let's look here in this verse. First John 4, 2 through 4. By this know and recognize the spirit of God Every spirit that acknowledges and confesses the fact that Jesus has actually come in the flesh as a man is from God. God is its source. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus, acknowledging that he's come in the flesh but would deny any of the Son's true nature, is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and now already in the world. Little children, believers, dear ones, You are of God and you belong to him and have already overcome them, the agents of the Antichrist, because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. World meaning sinful mankind. You're greater than he who is in the world, Satan. That right there confirms that the greater one lives in us. Become God inside minded. God is inside you by his powerful Holy Spirit. And it's important we have to be continually aware of God's love and care. Whatever you ask God, he wants to grant it to you. Reread Mark 11.24. You have a heavenly grant. Whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Literally give your needs, your problems, and your cares over to God. Be not anxious for anything, remember? you got to expect God to fix what's not right. He wants to be in charge of everything in your life. Praying in the Spirit is really important too. Speak to those things you're believing to happen as if they already have. Romans 4.17, that's not a word of faith thing. That's a Bible thing. Pray in the Spirit and speak to those things you're believing. That's the Word of God right there. Romans 4.17, let's read it. Even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. You know, I think about Abraham's faith. The nature and power of his faith are shown in the word. He believed God's testimony, and he looked for the performance of his promise, firmly hoping when the case seemed hopeless. It's weakness of faith that makes a man lie pouring on the difficulties in the way of a promise. Unbelief is at the bottom of all our staggerings at God's promises. 
God honors faith and great faith honors God. And faith is clearly the instrument by which we receive the righteousness of God, the redemption, which is by Christ, and that which is the instrument whereby we receive it. So pray in the Spirit and speak to those things you're believing to happen as if they already have. And talk to God continually. Talk to God continually until you know your situation's taken care of. Now, a really big piece of this is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is that? Well, it's being filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in an unknown language, which is a supernatural way to communicate with God and a way to use his power to minister to other people. You can't minister to other people without the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, this right here is really important, and I want you to read this in your Bible. Go to Mark 16, verse 15 through 18. We're going to read this. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now watch this. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. Here it is. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Did you catch that? They shall speak with new tongues. Let's go over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, right there, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, Two very different things there. Galatians 5, to 23. But Jesus told the disciples that when he left, God would send them another comforter. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's gift of power to the church so you can live supernaturally and go beyond your natural understanding and ability. It's supernatural. God invites you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, and, well, that's evidence by speaking in tongues. Without the Holy Spirit, you will not have God's supernatural power, and you won't go beyond your own natural ability. If you're going to cast out devils, well, what does it say there? Again, reread that in Mark. If you're going to cast out devils and you're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover, well, then guess what? You need to receive the Holy Spirit to do that. God invites you to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in an unknown language. Let's read Acts 1.8. But ye shall receive power after that. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. I like how Acts 1.8 says this here, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Not just the power, but the ability. Again, so you can live supernaturally and go beyond your natural ability and even your understanding. That is really important here. The Holy Spirit is always talking to you. Turn on your listener here, folks. When you spend time in God's Word, you can hear the Holy Spirit better. The Holy Spirit will remind you of what you've forgotten, reveal to you what you need to know. 
You have access to the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. That is your heavenly language. That is a tongue that only God knows. You know, some guy said to me one time, well, why would I be babbling away in something that I don't even know what I'm saying? You're not talking to yourself. You're talking directly to God and the devil cannot hear it. What does it say there in 1 Corinthians 14, 4? It says, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. You edify yourself. You edify yourself when you're speaking in tongues. What is the whole purpose of even speaking in tongues? Well, the scriptures tell us. This is why I believe we should speak with other tongues. This is scriptural. God speaks to us through tongues. What does it say there in Isaiah 28, 11 through 12? For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to his people. So God speaks to us through tongues and we speak to God through it. What does it say in 1 Corinthians 14, 2? For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to man, but to God. It says, for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks unto God in the spirit. He speaks mysteries. We edify ourselves, of course, as I said, 1 Corinthians 14, 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself. And tongues is also our spirit praying. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays. Tongues are for speaking, praying, and singing unto God. It's all there in Corinthians 14. Tongues are also assigned to unbelievers. Wherever tongues are for a sign, not to them that believe, but to them that believeth not. And what does Paul say? I would that you all spake with tongues. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Wherefore, brethren, forbid not to speak with tongues. And again, it was Jesus that said, These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall speak with new tongues. Well, you might say to me, Well, how, Sheila, does speaking in tongues build you up? The scripture states that spiritual exercise is of even greater value than physical exercise with speaking in tongues, building you up inside. Go to 1 Timothy 4 there and 7. Train yourself towards godliness, keeping yourself spiritually fit for physical training is of some value, but godliness, spiritual training, in other words, is useful and of value in everything and in every way. When you speak in tongues, you're building up your spiritual muscles, and those muscles are useful in this life when we get into situations, especially where godliness is needed. When Paul refers to in 1 Corinthians 14, 4, one who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, that Greek word there for edifies literally means to build a house. It reminds me when Jesus said, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overpower it. You are a temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. Acts 7.49 tells us, what kind of house will you build? It says, heaven is my throne, and earth is the footstool of my feet. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God dwells in you. The Word tells us that. So I think when we speak in tongues, we're actually building up a heavenly deposit within us. The Greek word for tongue is glossa, meaning either tongue or language. Glossokamen is a word that is derived from glossa, which is the Greek word for tongue. 
But the full word there, it means money box. It's used in both John 12, 6 and 13, 29 as such. A money box is something that we use to save up for a future need. It seems to almost suggest that speaking in tongues is equivalent to building a spiritual deposit in your heavenly bank account, which you can later draw upon. You know, I really believe that the Apostle Paul, who's the writer in the New Testament, who was given more scripture to write than any other person. Well, how did that happen? Well, I believe part of it is attributed to the private practice of speaking in tongues, which built him up in God. Remember what he said there in 1 Corinthians fourteen eight. I thank God I speak in tongues more than you all. And he also moved mightily in the power of God. Listen carefully to what it says in 1 Corinthians 2, 12 to 14. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. You know, when I started speaking in tongues for long periods, I started to receive an increase in revelation, both in the words and in supernaturally knowing things about situations. And guess what? There are things that block the Holy Spirit's power. There might be a blockage in your life that you don't speak in tongues. You might be saying to me, well, Sheila, I don't speak in tongues and it's not a big deal. Oh, it's a big deal. Trust me. If you don't speak in tongues, you're not going to have the power and ability to do what God has called you to do. So what are some of the blockages? Well, it could be doubt or intellectual pride. In the 1960s, there was actually a journalist named John Sherrill decided to write a book discrediting speaking in tongues. But after he interviewed countless people about this experience, his doubts were actually shattered and he was baptized in the Holy Spirit himself. They Speak With Other Tongues was the name of the book, and it became a Christian classic. You know what? Spiritual experiences, they can't be figured out with the mind. To receive the Spirit's infilling, you have to let go of your intellectual arguments and display childlike faith. What does Matthew 18, 2-4 say there? I actually was reading about this Episcopal priest who was filled with the Holy Ghost in the 1970s. Actually, this was in New York City. And he was really excited about the new vitality that he felt in his faith. And he was thrilled and his wife experienced a physical healing. But guess what? When he shared his testimony with his bishop, he was told he was crazy. And you're not going to believe this. The bishop actually told him to go see a psychiatrist. You know what? Religious people, those religious spirits and people, they become blocked. They become locked into this, well, that's the way we've always done it. And those kind of people find it really hard to receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You must be willing to break free from tradition. And these are traditions of men, don't forget. And I think a lot of people fear the supernatural. Some Christians grew up in denominations that actually taught against the infilling of the Holy Spirit. They were told that Pentecostals are all these crazy fanatics who go into trances, speak mindless gibberish, roll around on the floor and swing from chandeliers. The list goes on and on. So actually, you know what? The first disciples in the New Testament spoke in tongues and they experienced miracles. 
yet their faith was not strange. It should be the norm, people. So people who are afraid of God's supernatural power, they're going to struggle to receive it. There's also another block. The Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit can be quenched as well as grieved. Because God is so holy, our sinful habits and attitudes can actually cause him to withdraw. Sin blocks us from coming into the fullness of God. That's why it's so important for us to walk in constant communion with God and be willing to repent quickly when we know we have sinned. But some people, sadly, they stuff their secret sins into the closets of their hearts. But if you want to be filled with the Spirit, you have to be willing to open those closets and invite the light of God's holiness into every dark corner of your life. One of the things I talk about a lot is soul damage. I talk about emotional wounds. Like the young man I prayed for last weekend, some people are just too burdened with emotional baggage to be filled with the Spirit. They've been abused. They've been weighted down by anxiety, depression, oppression. They need healing first. Like Lazarus on the day he was raised from the dead, they're bound by the grave clothes of the past. They need deliverance before they can experience God's full anointing. Go look at John eleven forty four. Healing and deliverance... Sometimes they're needed before a person can receive the blessing of Holy Spirit baptism. And you know what? The bottom line, you can't be filled with the Holy Ghost if you're full of yourself. Some people are just too willful. There's a spirit of pride that is a real hindrance. I'm going to do it my way. They have not surrendered their plans, their finances, their relationships, or their time to God. They're going to do it their way. After all, hey, it's a Burger King religion, right? You can pick and choose what you want. No, God is looking to fill hearts that have been emptied and surrendered. Surrender and obedience, that is huge to God. And I believe only the fully yielded can really experience the fullness of his power. And you know what another big obstacle is I find? I've just found this out through just plain experience in dealing with, with people that could not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, one of the big things is also the spirit of Antichrist. And how does one usually get an Antichrist spirit? Well, pretty much anything that is contrary to Jesus Christ is Antichrist. Carl and I actually deal with this specifically in our book, Power Prayers, and a person would definitely want to get deliverance from the Antichrist spirit. This is one of the biggest impetuses to receiving the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So if you have not received to date the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or the flow of the Spirit has been blocked in your life, empty your heart today and prepare for your own personal Pentecost. Because tomorrow on the program, I believe it's going to be a life-changing program for you. We're going to look at what could be blocking this and we're going to deal with it. Hey, there's no distance in the spirit. I believe that tomorrow could be your day to receive the baptism, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. If you don't speak in tongues, you'll be wanting to listen to tomorrow's program. Or if you have some religious friend that doesn't believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, well, tomorrow might be a pretty amazing day. So I'm going to get into a part two of this, a very powerful part two tomorrow on the program. I hope you were blessed by today's show. We will see you tomorrow. God bless you.